0: good morning. If all the kids would join Miss Katie over here in the corner, she's got a special thing for you guys to do during our first song. And if everybody else will stand, happy Palm Sunday. Let's stand and sing together. A wonderful parade this morning. <laughs>
1: And greet someone near you that you might not know. And children, come forward and join us for a few moments of sharing.
2: Morning everybody. Y'all did a great job with your palm branches this morning. I enjoyed seeing y'all parade in. I really love a great celebration. Do you? Mm -hmm. What are some things y'all like to celebrate? Lauren? A birthday. What do you like to celebrate? Um, Somebody else's birthday. What do you like to celebrate? Um, Halloween. What do you like to celebrate? Oh, yeah, your birthday, too. Okay, let's do one more. What do you like to celebrate?
3: Um,
2: summer. Summer. I like to celebrate summer. That might be my favorite, too. So, anyway, what are some ways we celebrate? What do people do when they celebrate? Lauren? An Easter egg hunt. That's a fun way to celebrate. What else do people do? Christmas. Yeah, what do we do at Christmas to celebrate? Open presents. Open presents. What else? That's right. One way people celebrate is by making noise. And I was just remembering that this time last year, I got to do this children's sermon, and I brought some noisemakers to celebrate. Does anybody remember that? I handed out those things that you blow, and I got worried that Preacher Arthur may not want me to do that again. So I brought another way for us to celebrate today that it's a little more quiet. So I brought us some party hats, okay? So I'm going to hand out these party hats real quick. If you want to put it on, you can, or if you have a brother or sister, you can take one for them too, okay? Just take one and pass it for me, okay? Will you take one and pass them over? Okay. You can take one for mom and dad or whoever you want, okay? Okay. All right, so y'all go ahead and get your party hats on so we can get ready to celebrate because this morning we have a big celebration. Does anybody know why we're here today? Why are we here? Why? It's Palm Sunday, that's right. Yep. Everybody have a hat? Here's some more. I'm passing back. There should be plenty. Here's some more, y'all got one? Okay, that's right. Today is a very special day and we're here to celebrate Jesus and it's Palm Sunday. Thousands of years ago, Jesus entered Jerusalem on a Sunday about 2,000 years ago and you've probably heard this story but I'm gonna tell it to you again. And Jesus was walking with his disciples towards Jerusalem and as they came to the city, Jesus told two of his disciples to go ahead into town. He told them that they were going to see a young donkey and it was going to be tied there and it had never been ridden before. He told them untie the donkey and bring it to me and if anyone asks what you are doing just tell them. The Lord needs it and he will send it back to you soon. The disciples did exactly what Jesus told them to do and it happened just as he told them it would. They found the young donkey and they took the rope off of it and started to lead it away. Some men were standing nearby and they said to the disciples, Where are you taking the young donkey? They told them what Jesus had said and the men let them take the donkey. The disciples brought the young donkey to Jesus and they put their coats on it to make it a soft place for Jesus to sit. As they made their way into the city of Jerusalem, people went ahead of Jesus shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Others followed behind and they were also shouting, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna in the highest. All the while, people lined the streets cheering and waving their palm branches. It was a wonderful celebration, but it was a bit noisy. Do you think Jesus liked all that noise? I think he did. The Bible says this is the day the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. Just as those people celebrated 2,000 years ago, we've come here today to celebrate Jesus. And what better way to do that than on Palm Sunday? If you will, if you'll bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we celebrate today just as those people celebrated in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. This is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: It's good to see everyone here today. I'm reminded when I was in seminary my first year, we had a wise guy professor who said, you know, on Palm Sunday when the Lord needed transportation to be taken somewhere, he saddled a donkey, and then he looked out at my class and said, I see that the Lord is still saddling donkeys we took that rather personally. Uh, good to see you here today and glad if you're visiting here that you're with us and hope that you'll be back on uh, lots of future occasions um, to worship with us. Do you have a concern on your heart today that you would like uh, us to join you in prayer over some uh, something your family or friends? Uh, we'd be glad to do that. If you raise your hand we'll pass you an index card and then if you'll Fill that out. Uh, We'll share your prayer concern together in just a few moments. Announcements for today. Kids, we will have our regular Sunday night programs tonight, Lord willing. We will not meet next Sunday on Easter so that you can enjoy that evening with your families, but we are meeting tonight. Some of our children's Sunday school classes need teachers for the upcoming months uh, ahead. Actually, the month of May is uh, needed. Uh, if you are willing to help, please check the sign-up sheet outside the children's classroom to volunteer, or better yet, see um, Katie Jeter for more information. Our annual Easter egg hunt extravaganza, I guess that's an egg extravaganza is set for 2 p.m. next Saturday, April the 7th. Please mark your calendars and plan to join us for an afternoon of fun. Don't forget your Easter basket. Please visit the Relay for Life table to see how you can support our mission kids and their spring mission project to support the American Cancer Society. Our monthly first Wednesday supper is this week. Wednesday, April the fourth, at five thirty, in the social hall. The menu is hamburgers, chips, slaw, and banana pudding. So come join us for our fellowship meal Wednesday night uh, after five thirty. Uh, also this week we will be having our Monday um, Thursday service. Um, to remember the night that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper and then later that evening was arrested. Uh, That is at 7 o'clock this coming Thursday night. hope you will be here for that uh, service that lasts about an hour that includes the uh, sacrament of the Lord's Supper. we have other announcements? uh, Andy, y'all are as usual tonight, right? Oh, my goodness. Tonight is the night that the sheep is shorn, shaven. Whatever happens to sheep, Andy loses all his winter fur. The uh, the teenagers usually design him in some unusual ways for a few days. Uh, shave half, leave the other half. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, that'll happen tonight. I'm sure there will be pictures on the website. <laughs> Uh, If you're ready with your prayer request, if you lift your hand up, our ushers will retrieve them at this time, and we will share prayer concerns together. Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Lord, these prayer concerns on our hearts this day, we now place upon your heart. Except that we know that your concern and your love for your children was already present. But you have invited us to do this, to share with you the power of your love and prayer for these, our friends. And so we bring these concerns to your throne of grace. We pray for Debbie West with an upcoming medical procedure. We pray for Mike as he nears the end of his life. We pray for Martha Gibson. We pray for troops in harm's way, their families and loved ones. We give you thanks as we near the season of the resurrection of Jesus as we remember people, our friends, like Neil Weiss. We pray for continued improvement for granddaughter's health, Caroline King. We pray for healing and comfort for Martha Gibson and Michael Huss. We give you thanks and praise be to our Heavenly Father, For a positive outcome of a medical test, and we continue to pray for strength for that individual. For a neighbor, Ruth and Alan, we pray for love and patience and guidance during this trial that they are going through, and we pray for peace to be with them. We pray for one of the ones who is here who needs God's help to give them strength to take control of their lives. And also we pray that that one who knows who they are might know that they can get through this. We pray for Bill Klute's father in a time of illness. Lord, we thank you for all these prayers and for your understanding of what is in our hearts. And we pray that you would answer these prayers as you have said. You would hear and answer those who pray in Jesus' name, who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The gospel lesson this week is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're doing this, tell him the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? And they answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, He went out to Bethany with the twelve. Here ends the lesson. The story of the first Palm Sunday begins in Bethany, where there's a great deal of excitement because Jesus has returned there. The people are excited because they remember what happened recently when Jesus was there. There was a guy named Lazarus who was dead, who now is alive because Jesus had raised him um, from the death from death and now Jesus was back there to spend a quiet Sabbath which was Saturday back then a day off uh, with his friends Mary Martha and Lazarus before uh, he faced the ordeal coming his way that following week and then on Sunday he set out for Jerusalem Bethany was a perfect staging ground for that parade Because Jesus had a multitude of followers there. Now his actions that day were quite opposite from what we usually had seen from Jesus uh, in earlier times of his ministry. Earlier he had downplayed the claim that he was the Messiah. Mainly because he didn't want the limitations that a title gives to you. And people had so many different ideas about what the Messiah must be like. Jesus needed to be free from all that so he didn't acknowledge that title. One time he told the disciples to tell no one that he was the Messiah and he told people that he healed not to tell anyone. Once when the crowd tried to make him their king he kind of slipped out from their midst and ran up into the hills to hide. He didn't want any part of that. But in Bethany that day, Jesus seemed changed. change. He allowed Mary to pour expensive ointment on his feet, and he made a decision to fulfill a prophetic word about him. Your king will come riding upon a donkey. The strange thing about this is that the distance between Bethany and Jerusalem was very, very short. It would be about like getting a donkey to ride from here um, to Walmart or something. Uh, It just wasn't necessary. You could walk that far. And so there was a purpose in what Jesus was doing. Uh, Later, Jesus would even admit to the religious council and to Pilate that he was indeed the Messiah, the Son of God. What a strange change seemed to come over Jesus at the end of his life. But Jesus did this because the time had come for him to give his life for us and the time had come for him to openly challenge his nation, the leaders and the world and us today uh, with the full extent of his claim to be the Messiah and King. To put them and us into a position where we have to make a decision. Do we accept or reject his claim? Therefore, Jesus turned up all the volume uh, in all that he did. It was a perfect time to do this as well because it was the Passover season in Jerusalem. And there were people from all over the known world uh, who had come to Jerusalem to remember that time when the Israelites had been slaves down in Egypt. And death had passed over their homes as death came to the homes of their slave masters Many people had come to the holy city for that celebration, but how would all those people respond to Jesus' claim to be the king? It would appear that there were several different responses to his coming uh, from those that would greet him, the greeting committee, as I called them that day. Some would be enthused by his arrival, some just snoozed during it, others would use Jesus, and only a few would choose to be his followers. First of all, there were those who were just superficially enthused, you cheeseheads out there. Um, Their lives were pretty drab, and they looked for any form of excitement. They were excited about Jesus, but they weren't very committed to his cause. They were like the rocky soil in Jesus' story, Jesus' parable. The seed sprouted very quickly, but there was not much depth to that soil, or to the plant, rather, to the roots. And so when the heat got turned up, they dried up and died. Many in that crowd soon lost their excitement for Jesus, even before their branches, their palm branches, withered. And before the week was over, some of them would exchange their cries of Hosanna for chants of, crucify him when there is no depth of commitment people follow Jesus as long as things are going the way that they want them to but when Jesus fails to live up to their expectations when he refused to take on the Romans and try to drive them out when he taught instead of fought they turned on him and against him Why, this meek man even allowed himself to be captured by the Romans. Now, true enthusiasm, if it has deep roots, is a very good thing. The word enthusiasm literally means to be in God. Enthusiasm, to be in God for your faith when well-rooted, is a wonderful thing. But some folks start following Jesus just for the goosebumps and thrills of it when the thrill is gone so are they some years ago when I was in Irmo uh, a pastor who had started a church in West Columbia was trying desperately to keep the doors of the church open by raising money any way he could and so he advertised that week that uh, he would be parachuting to the church parking lot, and everybody should come to church that Sunday to see him parachute down in the parking lot. Yeah, if I'd done that, they'd have had to have EMS on standby. But I wonder how many returned the next week when he just drove up in his parking lot. You see, Christ does cause great excitement, but he also promised us crosses to bear. And crosses often cause people to run and hide. Unless we know Jesus to be our Savior, we'll soon grow tired of singing Hosannas and want a king with more pretensions than he has. The crowd was enthused, but later they would turn to abuse Jesus. Secondly, there were those who just snoozed I'm not asleep, but that does not mean I am awake. Uh, They were indifferent to Jesus when he came to them. It was as if they just didn't even notice. They just slept through the whole thing. You heard about a little boy who wanted to stay home in bed one day on Sunday morning, and his mother came home from church and explained what they had done at church that day. And they said the mama said, well, son, we celebrated Palm Sunday. And the little boy said, what's that? His mom said, well, that's when, you know, Palm Sunday is when people wave palm branches in the air and Jesus rode by. The little boy exclaimed, wouldn't you know it? The one Sunday I stay home in bed, Jesus comes to church. Well, those who snoozed were like uh, that little boy. They snoozed when Jesus came to town. Didn't even notice it. They were like the path of Jesus' parable. Their hearts were so hard that the seed of the gospel never even had a chance to get under the ground. Jesus couldn't awaken some people even to hear him one time. Some of the snoozers were the religious leaders who said, Jesus can't be the Christ because we know where he came from. And no Messiah would ever come from Galilee. And he can't make any difference in my life. Why let him try? Some who snoozed were perhaps amused, but they didn't give him a chance to see if he could help them. It is said that Nero fiddled while Rome burned. The snoozers slept while Jesus lived and died and rose again, oblivious to it all. I actually was able to, uh, I'm not an artist, but I was able to cut and paste up... uh, picture this week you'll notice a family here happily celebrating a meal together if you look out the window there in the back very very closely there are three crosses on the hillside so here this family is enjoying a meal not even aware that outside their window within vision the son of God is dying on a cross that's the way some folks were Today, there are those who snooze when Jesus comes to offer new life. They say, it won't work. I'm not even going to take a chance. I might take a chance to win 600 million lottery, but I'm not going to take a chance on Jesus. Perhaps they are preoccupied with other things, unaware that the most important thing in life is to be embraced by Almighty God through Jesus Christ. Thirdly, there were those who used Jesus for their own personal gain. And I may be making a judgment here, but this struck me as a funny sign. Christ, His grace is sufficient mobile home service. <clears throat> um, there's, a, there's a shoe store over in Gaffney that is called the Jesus' is Lord shoe store. My children saw that about 10 years ago and said, I don't know how I feel about that. But it's a pretty good shoe store. But um, uh, folks that use Jesus for their own gain are a little bit like the thorns of the parable. They will, let, they will let the seed sprout and grow, but then they choke out the plant using the plant any way that they can. Judas uh, used Jesus to earn 30 pieces of silver. Pilate and Herod had never been friends, but they used Jesus to solidify friendship, we're told. Pilate used Jesus to settle the crowd down when they were so up in arms, and he tried to strengthen his place in the community by sacrificing Christ. The zealots tried to use Jesus to stir up revolt against Rome. The religious leaders, the high priest and others, use Jesus as a bargain for peace with the Romans. There are always those who will try to use Jesus for their own personal gain. And are we guilty of this sometimes in our own lives, even in our prayers? Do we pray expecting God to do whatever we demand? Or are our prayers the prayers of a servant? Lord, here I am. Use me. Comedian Tim Wilson says that if you call a repairman to your house and you see on the back of his truck one of those fish symbols, that means that you'll have to forgive him even after he's ruined whatever he's there to fix at your house. Politicians and groups use their faith to often promote their own causes, and I'm forever seeing preachers who are so busy building their own reputations and kingdoms that they're not, they don't have any time to build the kingdom of God. People are also so quick to try to justify everything they do by saying, you know, God's the one who told me to do that. Well, you'll find that I very seldom use that phrase because I feel like if God really tells me to do that, you'll know. And it'll be pretty obvious, too, if what I do is not what God has told me to do. Uh, still, there are other people who use Jesus Uh, when they're needing to feel better than someone else. Um, I heard about these two men who were both church leaders and they were trying to show each other how good they were and how religious they were. And after one of them left, one man said to his wife, Smith's a nice man, but I think I'm closer to the Lord. The wise wife responded, maybe but it didn't look to me like either one of you was crowding him too much. Finally, there were those who saw Jesus riding into Jerusalem and saw that this was the coming of the King of kings and Lord of lords. These were those who would choose Jesus as King and Lord. They were the true followers of Christ. They were people who were weak, who would sleep in the garden or deny him, But they never ever would forget him because they loved him. They loved him for who he was and not for what he did for them. Those who would choose to follow Jesus would do so through persecutions and thrills. They would trust in him even when things went against them. Their attitude was, we cannot ever leave you, Lord, because you alone are the one who has words of life. In short, these disciples would love Jesus for who he was, and they would follow him because of who he was. And they would be the ones who had hearts of servants, content to serve Jesus in the world instead of being served, content to take marching orders from him instead of expecting him to do whatever they ask him to do. Jesus came riding into Jerusalem to claim his place as our king. What a strange king he is. Riding on a borrowed donkey instead of a proud war horse. With a crowd of admirers waving branches. Instead of an army waving swords. Saying to us that gentleness is more powerful than anything else. And that force is very feeble when it is faced with love, meekness is an anvil that can wear out the hardest of hammers, that freedom doesn't consist of overcoming an enslaving nation, but in overcoming the sin which makes us want to enslave one another. How slow we have been to understand this, how slow we have been in acknowledging that Jesus' way of gentleness, meekness, meekness, Love and forgiveness is the way to true life. As Jesus rides into our presence today, are you just momentarily enthused or are you snoozing or would you be tempted to use him or will you choose him this day as your master and king? Amen. I invite you to stand as we affirm our faith in God using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. You may be seated and we will ask our ushers to assist us as we receive our morning offering
3: at the stars in the night i wonder At your lightning in the sky, I shudder. Your glory is a blanket that covers every living thing. I'm in awe at the majesty of who you are. Your love is a seal burnt inside my heart the day. I want to be where you are, Holy Father.
2: And it feels
3: like there's not enough praise inside of me.
2: And all these
3: words, all my heart can see is holy you are holy jesus christ you bled your love lay down yourself Of praise inside of me with all these words, all my heart can say is holy, you are holy, Jesus Christ, you bled yourself down down yourself. And Lift up my life Cause you're always the same And my heart You brought down the rain. And every day I walked through the pain, my heart would still say. I need a Savior I need a Savior
1: Now may you go forth in peace as those who have chosen Jesus as Lord and Savior who will follow him all the days of your lives amen